Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters. This episode, again, we are recording at the Etch Family Ministry Conference here in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have not been to Etch, you have to come. This is such a great time of coming together of uh, kids, student, and family ministry leaders. Many of them come with other people from their teams, and it's a great place to come, not only to come together, but to come together. Uh, There's just a great time of connectivity. One of the other wonderful things about this conference is that we have thought leaders in kids, student, and family ministry who come from all over the country to help lead our breakouts and interact with our attendees, and we often get to sit down with them for a podcast episode. And so we have the wonderful opportunity to welcome today Terry Ann Kelly. Hi, Terry Ann. Good afternoon. It's I'm, so great to have you. Oh, I'm more excited than you. <laughs> that, that can't be because enthusiasm uh, is all I've got going. Uh, no, we're, we, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank uh, you. From Texas. Mm-hmm. Come all the way to Nashville. Absolutely. Is it warm there? No, we're recording in October. Well, no, I left extremely cold weather. Did you? Can you believe Which it? Which in Texas is what, 85? Well, we normally can wear shorts in November <laughs> half the time. So, no, it was, I left it in the low oh, 40s in so, the 40s ooh, that is cold for texas yeah i think was. texas is being hot it is hot well, but we love we, our cold weather when we get it as we record it's october right and the weather is just starting to change it's sweater weather and, and and it's just fun to have fall in the air i don't know when you're going to be listening because it could be several weeks from now before the episode airs but i'll be in rate, shorts by then we could very well be <laughs> yes well listen listeners for those of you who don't know uh terry ann we're going to be talking today about reaching the public school for christ this is something that's a passion of hers and we're excited to hear what she has to say let me tell you about her terry ann kelly speaks to audiences across the country on topics varying from home and family to moral and social issues her background in public speaking, radio, and television spans more than 30 years. That can't be possible. I know. I look so young, so right? <laughs> yes. Me too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but she, she's hosted local, regional, and nationally syndicated radio programs, which sounds super fun, and I would love to talk about that, and appeared on national television programs, maybe an infomercial or two. Yeah, well, well let's not talk about that. You and those. I have infomercials yeah, in no. common. That's the thing that nobody <laughs> wants to talk about. But if you bought something uh, that you really didn't need uh, late at night yeah. in the 90s it might have been one of the two of us who influenced that decision yeah made for tv those type of (laughs) products (laughs) so terry ann uh has co-authored the book the power of a positive friend yes and writes christian curriculum and articles for magazines she's taught for baylor which you're a Baylor grad. I am. Right? Am I supposed to say Sikkim Bears? Sikkim yes, Bears. Yeah, no. We'll work on that. Jana Magruder, who is our director at Lifeway Kids, is a Baylor Bear. And so we know Sikkim. Yeah, that's where uh, the good folks come from. <laughs> she's also taught at, at DBU, Dallas Baptist University, and Belmont. And she's the founder and CEO of Students Standing Strong. That's right. And so we want to talk a little bit about reaching the public schools for Christ. So family ministers, uh, guys, as we talk about this, um, families can, can spiritually impact their culture and community by being involved in our public school system. And there are opportunities to do that that we may not be aware of. Oh, Is that right, Tarian? There are so many opportunities. I think oftentimes, though, that we think that we're limited and that we as believers can't have an impact on our public schools due to whatever misconceptions um, or, or restrictions things, yeah. that we do have, but also some misconceptions mm, okay. that we have about the law. I just know that when we have raised five children, a a daughter and four sons, we started them in Christian school and then 
slowly put them all into public. And my husband felt like that's what we needed to do. It was expensive to continue on with five for children sure. in Christian school, and we needed to save for college. And I now see that even though I left being trying to be sweet and obedient to my husband's direction, I kind of left the Christian schools kicking and screaming in my heart. Yes. And I just thought, Lord, how can I put them in a place where I feel like everything that they've learned in church and at home and in Christian school and at youth camp and on and on and on will be torn down, I was feeling, yes. the minute they walked in the schoolhouse doors. And so I'm so thankful, though, that that was the plan God had for us because all of a sudden I began to see that the largest youth group in America is the public school. Let me, let me say that again because it's kind of a powerful statement. The largest youth group in America is the public school. And we know that as believers, we're supposed to go into our world and preach the gospel and to love on people that God puts into our paths. And so now that we were in this public school world, I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, how am I going to do this? How are my children going to take the gospel into a place that seems so foreign to us as a family right now? And as well with all the laws and limitations we think that we have. Yes. And so I now see what I thought was... Uh, just a disappointment in leaving the nurturing place our children were being educated in to go to this place called public school has been the greatest blessing in our family's lives. Yep. And how old were your kids when you made that transition? When they well, made that transition? Our daughter is our oldest and she was just entering high school and okay. she wanted a larger place. Then our sons, uh, one of them came over in the eighth grade. One of them came over in the sixth grade, or actually fifth grade, and then the younger two came on over early so in elementary school. So you hit elementary, middle, and high school oh, yes. all at once. Yeah, carpool was really quite the thing to see, you know, going from school to school to school. And our youngest, who is now a freshman in college, actually a, a junior in college, he actually got one year of Christian education, and that was pre-K. Mm before he had to go in first grade into public school, wow. actually kindergarten. So yeah, it's been a great journey. Well, so tell us about okay. those initial impressions that you had. Okay. How did reality match up to the preconceived ideas that you're handing your kids over to this environment right. that was not going to be good for their faith journey? What did you find instead and how, how, where did you find opportunity to have an influence? Well, some of the things that I felt strongly were going to be negative influences were just that, and I can talk about that. But at the same time, you know, most people, most believers cannot afford to put their kids in Christian school and maybe they can't homeschool for whatever reason. Especially my husband, multiple children. Absolutely. Right? Well, my husband le wouldn't let me homeschool because he knows that I am just not extremely disciplined by nature and we would have a lot of fun, but I don't know how much they would learn. So... <laughs> That wasn't an option. But I'll tell you what I did realize is in going is that it was my job to engage with the culture in which God had placed our family. And that was the system that we were placed in. And so I felt very strongly that as a mom of five children, that my calling first and foremost, no matter where I was, was to love on the people that God placed in front of me. And in so doing that, I began to realize that, oh my goodness, there are so many parents um, single parents, families that are, you know, come from a two-parent family that want the same thing that I wanted for our children. And that is that they wanted their children to go through the public school system, graduate their senior year in high school with their morals and values in place. Intact, yes. And that's what many people think. As a believer, of course I wanted that, but I wanted their morals and values to be intact 
because they understood the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives and they could recognize that the Lord did not leave them no matter what circumstance or place they were put in. Yes. And so I began to get to know people there and I began to see that their heartbeat was the same as mine. And I started to think, God, what can you do? How can you use me mm. to not only make a difference in my children's lives? And I'm sorry, I tear up about it because there's nothing more important to the heart of a mother or dad, yeah. hopefully, than their love for God and secondly, their love for their children and their spouse. You know, every once in a while, you kind of question that, you know, if, <laughs> if we're having a bad day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and so when our middle child, Colt, entered into the last year of elementary school and it was his last year, it was fifth grade, but that was his first year in public school, which was the last year of elementary school for him. Um, I looked around and I thought, oh my gosh, he's got one year with these public school kids and then we're shipping him off into middle school. And I'm gonna tell you, to me, the number one thing that a middle schooler thinks about, Chuck, is what do they think about me? Yes. Not what does mom and dad think about me, what do they think about yeah, me? Yeah, that's when peers and peer pressure it, start to become yes, more prevalent. So, so highly important to them at that time. And so I said, God, I, I really don't know how I'm going to do this with my, my precious child, who's still always your baby. You know, yes. he's, my, he's 25 and my baby today. And so, Chuck, you know what? I prayed. And I asked God, show me what to do. Mm. And this little thought came into my mind that snowballed. And can I tell you about yeah, tickets it? Yeah, tickets to students standing strong. Okay. And that is just one avenue that we can reach the public schools. There's many ways. But I'll just tell you from my experience is that this little thought came into my mind. I thought, why don't I invite, using the PTA directory, the, you know, which some schools don't even have them anymore, but then they did. And I would get every address of, and name of every fifth grader there were five classrooms of fifth graders. That was about 111 fifth graders. And I would have a little invitation made up on a computer around January, the last semester of those kids' experience in elementary, and I would mail it to their home mailboxes, and I would address it to, like, Billy Jones and parents, you know, Susie Q and parents, yes. you know, and that way parents would know what their kids were getting. But I would invite them to a party to come to our house, and it said, learning to live God's way. And it said who, what, when, and where. It invited the parents to come and to meet other parents and that they would learn what to do when they were late to class. What if someone bullies me? And all of that was placed on the invitation. And so they knew they were coming to a party that was centered and focused on the Lord. Yes. But you won't believe this. And this is how you can sometimes just know. It's not always about numbers, of course. But God affirmed that thought by having a hundred, pardon me, 75 out of a hundred and about 11, 75 out of 111 students showed up and their parents and their siblings and over 250 people came to the party that God laid on my heart wow. in which we shared the gospel, how to know Jesus as your savior, what the 10 commandments look like to fifth graders. And then we had role playing on how to call one another out in love once they went to middle school. Don't gossip. Go to your brother, go to your sister and say, man, remember that lady we heard talk at the park that day? And it was called the big send off. It's now called the strong send off. And it wasn't a ministry. It was a party. Yeah. And from that point forward, I never advertised, but through word of mouth, parents started contacting me saying, can we do that party for our kids? Wow. And I said, yes, let me come help you. And, 
you know what? I'm going to tell you, I've never been part of something that I can feel like was such a miracle where I saw that God answered my desperate plea for help that he said, oh, babe, let me tell you how I'm going to help you. And it was such a magic moment. And then we've grown into um, weekly Bible study in middle schools and it's and the high schools. At high school, we focus on verse-by-verse studies straight through James and Philippians, and we have a, leadership, a new leadership curriculum that focuses on the leaders in the Old Testament and mm-hmm. and what their story is of leadership and then what your story is as a student and what God's story is. And, and we relate everything back to Jesus. Mm. So that's what we've been doing now. We're wow. in our 15th year. What an exciting and it cool really ministry. Is. How fun. It really is. Now, I can imagine, you know, working in the church, yep. there are many families in the church who school differently. Sure. Christian schoolers and homeschoolers and unschoolers and a lot of kids who are in the public schools. Right. Probably the majority of them who are in our ministries mm-hmm. are public school kids. And so there is overlap. So. For those who are listening, who are kids ministry leaders, Mm -hmm. how can we, from our position in the church, engage in our public schools? Okay, let me give you several ideas. First of all, you could encourage parents to come together and be proactive. I would encourage one positive step would be to have your, if if the youth pastors or children's ministry pastors would gather their parents together and and put them in school groups, like you're from ABC school, you're from one, two, three school. Mm. Why don't we look at how to do a parent coalition, Christian parent coalition in individual schools? We can start it at our church and then you invite other Christians, parent that you know or in your schools, maybe we'll go to different churches, and let's unify some Christian parents in different schools to start praying that God would show them a way to take a hands-on action in the public school. So that's one little idea. Mm. I also encourage that people in, at one church could take this step forward in starting youth minister coalitions where youth ministers in the area gather together once a month and they share a meal and then they share needs of their students in the different schools. So because when you're in a church, you know you know those kids, but those kids are being influenced by so many people yes. that are not in your youth group, right? Yes. And so it's great to build a community of faith and bringing churches together. So then the, uh, there's other ways, um, if you don't care if I continue please, on. Please, please, please. So um, early on, God just put wonderful people in my life. And you can go back, can you not, in your lifetime and see how you don't know why certain relationships are there at the time. But then over a period of time, they start showing forth um, the plan that God had for you to have a relationship with them. And so there was a gentleman, um, many of you may know him, you may know him. His name is Kelly Shackelford. He is the president and founder of First Liberty. And most of those religious liberty cases involving public school teachers and coaches and students kind of funnel through First Liberty and he argues cases for the rights of Christians in the public school arena um, all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court and he's incredible. So when I first started getting involved with bringing Christ to the public school through student-led clubs, I called him and said, listen, we're from Christian school. I don't want to upset the apple cart new moving into our new public schools. I want to embrace the leaders of the public school system. And so he talked me through how to do that in a way that was God-honoring to the authorities, how to obey the law to the letter of the law. Because as Christians, even if we don't agree with the law, we're called to obey it, are we not? Freshen us up on some of those lines that we need to be aware of as leaders. Uh, We are in a community, I mean, we're in 
Middle Tennessee. Right. And it's still, uh, our community still has a very Christian feel. And so my boys are in public school for the first time this year in fourth grade and seventh. We've homeschooled up to this point. Right. And we are finding ways right now actively to connect as a family with the church. But we've also found that there are many kids pastors and pastors from local churches who have different touch points in our public schools. Absolutely. And I was surprised to see such a presence. Well, and let me tell you, every school district and sometimes even individual schools within a district have different policies on whether or not youth pastors can come on campus during lunch and talk to kids. There are some that absolutely will not let anybody come onto the campus. But one thing that we found out is the best federal act is called the Federal Equal Access Act. And what that act says is that if any school in the country actually has clubs on campus, then you are allowed to have a Christian club. Now the only exception to that is, is if a particular school district only allows academic clubs, like the math club, the Spanish club, and if that's the only kind of clubs they allow, then they may tell you you can't come. So when I realized that we could have a Christian club on campus as long as, here's the clincher, it has to be fully student-led. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, how can middle schoolers effectively teach the Word of God? And And then I found out, Chuck, that the most incredible thing is that we shortchange our children because God puts the his word in their hearts and if they're being taught by an outside leader for example an outside youth pastor or children's minister can actually teach students how to teach a lesson send them in and let the kids lead the lesson maybe adult is allowed to be present but they cannot speak and that kids then learn to own their faith as early as the fifth grade so we see the drop-off when kids graduate from their senior year and they go into college what what is it maybe close to 66 percent now of kids that graduate from public high schools or high schools in general and go to college do not make church an active part of their lives anymore at least for that period of time and so we have seen now that in we are now in 13 states as a ministry student standing strong is in middle school intermediate schools and high schools and then with this huge party called the strong send-off we do at the Mm -hmm. end of elementary for public schools that we now have seen a group of students start in our program and they're now in their 30s and so many of them now didn't we're seeing evidence that they they were much stronger in their faith because they owned it personally they owned it and they were responsible for teaching it and God is big enough if they say something that's not exactly theologically correct God's <laughs> big enough a fifth to grader, Well right? yeah but God's big enough to handle it you know But I can completely see how how that would change your oh, faith when you own it to that level to stand absolutely. in front of friends and share that yourself. Uh, oh, it yeah. just makes me excited. It I makes me want to even say, that. gosh, some of our Sunday school classes, once kids are even in middle school, why could they not start leading their own Sunday school classes and Bible study classes under the guidance of an adult church leader? Yes. But let them learn sure. to do that early. Yeah, it's been great. So so there is a law, the very law I thought that would hurt us, meaning parents or adults can't speak, is the very law that God used, or the very act, the Federal Equal Access Act, is the very act that actually causes kids to grow stronger because it's not allowed to have an adult lead. Isn't that amazing? It Only God amazing. can take something we see as a restriction and work it together for our good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How exciting. Yeah, it is well, awesome. as we get ready to close, yes. give us a few last words of encouragement. So what would be your word be to that 
kids ministry leader who is not currently actively involved in their local public school right. system. They're, they're actively involved at their church. Right. What word of encouragement would you give to them? Well, I would tell them that if they're telling their kids that we're to go into the world and make disciples and they're supposed to love on people in their world, you need to ask your students and ask the parents of your students, where is your child's world? Where is it? And wherever it is, that's where we need to help you engage. So let us help build up your students alongside of you, mom and dad, yeah. for those that have a good home. And let us find a way to help your kids stand strong in their faith in the midst of a world that doesn't know Christ in a way that's, that's encouraging to them, that stretches them, and lets them realize that God goes with them every step of the way. And there's no reason to fear when God has called you to a job, no matter how big or how small. And that would be my word. What a wonderful word. Terry and Kelly, thank you so very much for taking time, first of all, to come to uh, Nashville to speak it. with our people and interact with us here at the Etch Conference. Loved We're it. so thankful to have you. And thank you for taking time to sit with me on the podcast. Well, thank you for letting me share the passion that God put down deep in my spirit. We appreciate your heart it. very much. And thank you for your words of encouragement. Listeners, thank you for listening. And, and I trust that you will take to heart these great wise words from Terry Ann, or, uh, in, in that you will go into your schools and that you will find opportunities to, to engage with kids where they are and to equip them to lead in their school systems. Thank you for listening and we uh, ask you to come back again soon for the next episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.